0: Welcome to KJV Cafe. Thanks for taking time out of your day to listen. Each episode of The Cafe is dedicated to studying the Bible verse by verse from Genesis through Revelation. Your host here at The Cafe is Bible teacher Clark Covington. Looks like the coffee is hot and ready, so let's get started. Amen. Glory to God. Welcome to the program. Welcome to CAFE. Pastor Clark Covington here with another episode of KJV CAFE. Thank you for joining me. Hopefully you're having a wonderful day, a wonderful week. We're still in Genesis 3.1. Uh, just such an important verse here, and I'll read it. Genesis 3.1. Now the serpent was more subtle than any beast of the field which the Lord God had made. And he said unto the woman, Yea, hath God said, Ye shall not eat of every tree of the garden? see the serpent's asking questioning you know raising that doubt that idea of subtlety just raising doubt in our last episode i mentioned uh being a young man and having a, a, an authentic witness come my way um, someone that knew me pretty well well enough to witness to me and i i mentioned that just the 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 fight the rejection you know um that was just so ingrained in me you know and that The serpent often will work in that regard, where he will create these distractions, these things that come up, right? And I mentioned in the service, um, you know, in services, that you'll have an altar call, you'll have, uh, you know, someone that's under conviction, and you'll have a multitude of things coming up. But guess what? You know what? If you really believe, you'll fulfill it. You know, I'll tell you, I practically ran down the aisle when I got saved at church. I practically ran down the aisle. I was ready to go, and I didn't know much, but I knew enough. that I had been, God had prepared my heart. I was ready to be saved. I was excited to get baptized after I got saved. There, I mean, the, everything, like, it, it didn't matter. If, you know, the fire alarm had gone off and then we came back inside, I still would have, you know, didn't. But I'm still, I still would have gone. And the point I'm making is that when we believe God, he'll make a way despite the obstacles that we encounter just to preach on this verse, man, I was getting messages from people, work stuff. Oh, Hey, can can you talk right now? Like right before I'm going to come record this. And I don't usually get those messages (laughs) at work. It's been quite slow to be honest with you, but whoa, we're going to preach about this. Watch out. You're going to have distractions. That subtle, subtle serpent will come and try to distract you, try to get you off guard. And another way that he does that is to lull you to sleep, to get you to think, hey, as long as you don't do too much, you know, as long as you don't sell out, as long as you don't get too much in the word, then, hey, I've got you where I want you. See, whether you're out in the world or whether you're just, you know, a lukewarm Christian, either way, the devil's got you where he wants you because you're not being able to be used by God. You're not having any kind of effect on the kingdom other than just being, you know, on a pew here and there. So you have to think of that as well. And I, I think that kind of can, you know, people can kind of imagine what that would be like. So what we're gonna do, we're gonna run to a break here for a minute, and then we're gonna look more at what uh, the serpent is up to in the lives of Adam and Eve and how, again, it affects us. Cause again, this runs deep and people deal with it literally every day. So hang in there, we'll be right back. You're listening to KJV Cafe. We encourage you to look us up on your favorite podcast app and subscribe to our channel on YouTube. Now let's get back to some more in depth Bible study. Amen. All right, here we are. So we see, uh, how the serpent spoke. You see that by the way, in verse one, it says now, uh, now the serpent was more subtle than any beast of the field, which the Lord God had made. And he said unto the woman, he spoke. So you see how the pervert, right? He spoke the pervert's word came to death. Remember God created life. So the word created life by God himself. And now here the pervert comes along speaking to create death because man, I got, I got one the other day I and I should have mentioned this before, but I didn't. And I Lord gave me this one the other day. I think when I was driving, how about this? If death enters the garden of Eden, only when Adam and Eve sin, Right. And if before then there is no such thing as death, right? And if Adam was naming all the animals and so forth, then they must have simply been eating plants because there was no death. So if there's no death, how could they have meat if they'd have to kill an animal? Right? I just thought of that. I'm sure maybe someone else has already thought of that, but I was like, well, yeah, wait a minute. I mean, in order to have meat, you got to kill something and how can you kill it if there's no death? Okay. So that's just extra there today. I thought that the other day, but the truth is God by his word creates everything and the devil by his word perverts everything. You know, it's so, cause that, you know, that's who the devil is. He's a pervert. He'll take something good that God made and he'll pervert it look at anything in life that his hands are on and they're on practically everything. He perverts it. You know, it's not wrong to work, but God but the devil will pervert it and create a workaholic one that will sacrifice for work over their family, over their faith. Uh, it's not wrong to have a marriage relationship, but the devil will pervert it and per- promote promiscuity and formication and pornography that he's the big pervert. You know, it's not wrong. Again, I don't, I mean, I don't know. Hopefully we'll get in trouble for this, Uh, it's not wrong. I think to have like a glass of wine necessarily. I don't, I don't go near it. Amen. Uh, the Bible says to be of a sober mind and I know my personality, you know, so I don't go near it, but like, you know, the pervert comes in and says, don't have one, have 50, you know, don't have, you know, this little wine with a little bit of alcohol and have Jack Daniels, you know, and then, you know, again, he's that subtlety just on and on and on and on. Right. You know, like, oh, well, if man and woman are together, how come woman and woman can't be together a man or man? On and on, it never ends. It won't end until the Lord comes back. We see this over and over again, this subtlety. And yet we see that he's raising doubt. This doubt is what keeps so many Christians from true conversion. I feel like we've talked a lot, or so many so many would-be Christians from true conversion, right? So many would-be Christians from true true conversion. But what's the underpinning here? Why do they not want to? Here, here it is as we can see, right? What was natural to Adam and Eve in the garden of Eden? It was natural to eat the fruit, right? What is natural to man? To live sinful. And what is the message of the devil? Just keep living naturally. Just keep living as you please. Just go with your heart. The Bible calls the heart deceitful beyond measure. Devil's like, yeah, just go with your heart. Oh, the heart's going to trick you, leave you stone cold broke. Okay, go with your heart. It's going to leave you broken. Go with your heart. It's going to leave you far from the one God who really can help you in life. Go with your heart. You know, it's a perversion. The underpinning here is to do what comes natural. And here is the, the godly response to live for Christ and to die to self to live for Christ and to die to self. Galatians 2.20, I am crucified with Christ, nevertheless I live, yet not I, but Christ liveth in me, and the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself for me. That's so we spoke about a few episodes ago, how the Lord gave himself for us, willingly, lovingly gave himself for us while we were yet enemies to him. That is true love, and that is what we're called to do, to be crucified. What does it mean to be crucified with Christ? That means to die with Christ. Hey, if you've ever been baptized, that's a picture of your death and then your resurrection as a new new life, new creature, new creation, where all those old things are supposed to be passed away. Luke 9.23, and he said to them all, if any man will come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross daily and follow me. Luke 9.23 is also alluding to this idea of dying to self of living a life that isn't natural to ourselves, right? And think about this. What are we naturally inclined to do? Seek pleasure, seek uh, entertainment, uh, seek wealth, seek personal gain. These are things that come natural to us as sinful man or woman. And yet Christ is saying, deny yourself. And what he's saying is, follow him, okay? Like look at how he lived. How did he live? He lived humbly and meek. He lived sacrificially. He lived for others. He didn't live for himself. Galatians 5.24, And they that are Christ's have crucified the flesh with the affections and lusts. Mark 8.35, For whosoever will save his life shall lose it, but whosoever shall lose his life for my sake and the gospels, the same shall save it. And so here we see the entry of this poetic way that God deals with the flesh. As remember, the devil is under God's sovereignty. So there's nothing he can do that God won't allow, okay? If you want to know, I mean, you really want to get particular, God allowed himself to be tempted in the wilderness, right? Jesus, he gets baptized, John the Baptist, the dove comes down, amen. Everything's going good, and then get, what happens? The Spirit, capital S Spirit, the Holy Spirit leads Jesus off to be tempted. I'm going to grab that verse, there it is, Matthew four eleven. Then when Jesus led up uh, of the, then was Jesus led up of the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted of the devil. That's Matthew four one, I should say. So Jesus is led by the Spirit into the wilderness. Why? To teach us how to deal with temptation, which we're going to get to in the next episode. But for now, just understand that God is fully sovereign, right? And that God has allowed these temptations to occur even to himself, which by the way, what happens, Jesus quotes scripture three times. Amen. That's what we are to do. We are to be in the book. That's how we are to be wise. We're not to be ignorant, but that's, I'm getting ahead of myself. But here in Mark 8:35, it says, for whosoever shall lose his life, for whosoever will save his life shall lose it. But whosoever shall lose his life for my sake and the gospels, the same shall save it. Okay, so if we are, To save our lives, like here on earth, right? All the petty things we want to do. It's easier to live in the world than it is for God. That's something maybe people don't understand, but living for God is not easy. It's the best way to live. It's the victorious way to live, but it's not the easy way to live. Christ never said it would be easy. He said he'd be with you. Yes, he said his burden was light to be yoked up with him because he carries it. But doesn't mean you're not going to go through trials and temptations just as Christ did. Amen? So we see that when we try to save our life, when we try to be the captain of our own ship, when we try to live a life with our own doctrine, when we retranslate the Bible, when we change words in and out, when we come up with these ideas that aren't biblical, like the flesh, I think, really loves the idea of world peace and everybody getting along, right? But in the Bible, there, there's, there's not that until Christ returns. And, and the, he's known like the oceans. He's known all over the world. Uh, when, when he returns, his doctrine is known. But until then, that doesn't happen. Okay? But people think it should happen, you know? The Bible calls homosexuality an abomination to God. And people say, oh, we have to accept everybody. It's civil rights. No, it's not civil rights. And it's an abomination to God. God doesn't change. He doesn't change. Okay. Now, if you are living that lifestyle and you repent honestly, earnestly, he will forgive you and he'll save you. Like just like anyone else that is living a sinful lifestyle. God will forgive you. He's faithful and just to cleanse all your sins. Amen. But you have to go to him and you have to repent. And repent means turning away from that sin. So we say, okay, God, we give you our lives. We're going to live for you, right? We say whatever we have is yours. We're, we, you are sovereign. You are God. We believe in you. We believe you died for our sins and was risen again. We believe it. Now, all of a sudden, even though it looks like we're losing our life, people in the world are saying, "Oh, look at that poor person. Oh, they gave their life to Christ and now they're no longer moving up the corporate ladder. And now they seem to be at church all the time. And now they don't really have a big 401k. They're giving it away to the ministry. And now they're, uh, you know, dressing very modestly. And now they won't go to those." wicked movies anymore. And they don't even listen to that uh, music that we like. And they won't go to the bar. Oh, that poor Christian. No, 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 no. That person just saved their life. Okay. Now it looks to the world like they lost it, but they just saved it. And that's what Christ is telling us here. For whosoever shall, will save his life shall lose it. But whosoever shall lose his life for my sake and the gospel's the same shall save it. Never forget that. When we live for his sake and the gospel, never forget that God's business is the salvation business. A lot of people want to get mixed up and think that living the Christian life is just trying to like do good deeds or something. God's business is the salvation business. The Holy Spirit living within the saved Christian is there to help win others to Christ. That is it. Amen. That's what we're here to do. What was Christ doing? He was explaining he's the Messiah, he's the King, and they rejected him. So therefore now we have the opportunity to accept him. Amen. He has gone out to the Gentiles through Paul, his gospel, that good news message is spread across the earth. And we are here to accept Christ as savior and then to let others know about the gospel. That's why you'll hear many preachers say, Hey, if someone doesn't have a burden to share the gospel, they may not be saved. And the reason why they'll say something like that is exactly what Mark eight is telling us, Mark eight thirty five. And so what we're going to do, In the next episode, and I'm going to try to wrap up Genesis 3.1 in the next episode, the best I can wrap it up, but uh, get through it here, is we're going to look at this idea of why are we tempted? Like how, you know, what was going on with Adam and Eve when they're tempted and how we can fight that temptation, amen? That's what we're going to do in the next episode, so please tune in. As always, thank you so much for listening. Take care, God bless, and amen. Thanks for spending time with us today at the cafe. We would love to hear from you. You can email Brother Clark directly at clark at enduringpromise.org. See you again tomorrow, same time, same place.